Hello and welcome to the Wednesday Weekly Waffle. My name's Joe Smart. Hope you're having a good week and you're doing well so far. Can't believe it's another Wednesday and we're into September now. Feels like summer's starting to fade, although the, uh, the lovely weather we've been having at this time of year back in September 2023, if you're listening to this in the future, was particularly hot in the UK, which was lovely. A little sting in the tail, a little summer, summer spring. So today um, I'm going to be waffling on around friction in decision making. Now, this is really interesting for me because, as I've talked about previously, um, everyone has a bias towards jumping towards making decisions, making things quickly. That is often, um, from a survival point of view, absolutely necessary. You know, you see something, react to it, something happens. But some of the things that we've, we have we kind of learn as we go forward is sometimes the first decision we come to is often not the best. And often we can look back and think, why did I react like this? Why did I do it like that? And we can go on that kind of cycle. So we're doing a bit more research about this, and it links into my previous waffles around QI and all those other bits and pieces. And so what I was doing, I was looking into this, and I came across a very interesting talk by someone called Jennifer Eberhardt, who did a talk around how racial bias works and how we can disrupt it. And it's a very good talk, and it's on te- it's on the, the TED um, talks. It's, it's a very powerful talk about how um, Jennifer um, had a very young son, and her son asked. Uh, they were going on an aeroplane on holiday, and um, they were they were two. Uh, Jennifer's black, and her son was black. And she was uh, as they were on the plane. There was one other um, black man on the plane, and the son said, "Oh, look, that man looks like Daddy." And Jennifer said, he doesn't look anything like your dad. <laughs> Why did you say that? And uh, he said, oh, because he's black. And then apparently her son turned to her and said, are we in danger? And Jennifer said, why would you even think that? Why would you even say that? And, you know, he said, I don't know. And the whole talk is about how uh, racial prejudice and um, racial um, stereotypes are so pervasive that even a five-year-old can... Um, pick these up and sometimes not even know why with the stereotype of you know um, men uh, particularly black men being violent and aggressive and dangerous and need to be treated as such in all aspects which you know in america particularly and in the uk has led to stop and search and violence from police and other security people against um, black people being overrepresentative of, of you know the things that have happened and it's a really, really um, powerful discussion. And what Jennifer had done, she'd gone on a big discussion. Um, and she's like a Harvard professor and all those kinds of things. So she had been on a, a big journey to discover why. And what she'd found out was that it was this kind of, you see something and react. You don't even know why you've reacted that way. You just see something and react. Much like if you see a gun or a knife, you think danger. And so what Jennifer come, talked about was adding friction into decision-making. And she said the biggest, they did a big survey with the, with the police in uh, a certain U- USA city. And what they did is that they added a single question um, to police. And what they said, that when they had to do the stop and search, they had to fill in, answer one question when they stopped and searched someone, which said, what evidence did I, did I have or what reason did I have to suspect this person was involved in criminal activity, which necess- necessitated a stop and search? And she said that that single question, when they kind of brought it in and embedded it into what was how it was working, made the police just stop for one second before seeing someone out and about, maybe late at night and thinking, right, obviously they're black, <laughs> they're doing something wrong, we need to get them, to very much saying, what evidence have I got that this person is involved in criminal activity? And that pause, that, that friction in the decision-making from seeing something and reacting 
meant that the stop and searches dropped dramatically across this this u.s city and the police felt um that they they had more time to think about what they were doing and because of that there was less um you know crime wasn't affected but the the relationships with the black community was improved and all these kind of amazing things that kind of get and again if you want if you really if you really want to have a chat and i'd highly recommend it have a look at uh, jennifer's talk but what that got me thinking is around this friction into decision making because often we see things and we react to things and you know with the speed of the world's going you know you see a post on a f- social media and you react instantly or you know something has said something and you react so how do we add learning from that how do we add friction into our decision making where i got to with this is that we need to slow down from seeing something to reacting so what can we do to add that friction in and it kind of, to link it back to a previous talk, I talked last week around QI and I mentioned about Mount Stupid and that, that classic place where you walk into a situation and you think you instantly know the answer. That is obvious. If everyone did what I just said, then this would be the case. It's only when you fully start to fully understand the situation that you realize that it's actually a lot more complex than you first thought. And when you first walked in or saw the situation, well, that's easy. You just need to do X. was actually you were standing on Mount Stupid because you didn't actually know what you were talking about. And so how do we add that friction in? How do we add that friction into our decision-making? And I was thinking decision-making as well, but also sometimes how we interpret the world. So if we see something and it makes us angry, how do we add a bit of friction in to actually just take a second to think, is this actually making me angry or why am I reacting this way? Or if something makes us sad or affects us in a way that makes us feel miserable, you know, it can be sort of an occurred email or someone not being as a, um, excited about a project as you are at work or it can be a multiple reasons, but how do we add that friction in? So rather than something happens and you go mate, straight to an emotional response, how do we just add that little bit of friction in, just that little bit of space, so you can sort of take that second just to think, is this actually the way that I want to react? Is this actually what happens? And there's lots of tools out there that does that do this kind of thing. I mean, mindfulness is a fantastic one. That kind of breathing exercises and sort of staying in the moment is really, really helpful. But the, the thing that I really wanted to, to waffle on today is for you to have a consideration about how you add a bit of friction into your decision-making, into, into your reactions. How do you add that question? And there's one of the things that's always helped me, and it's uh, quite a kind of stoic approach, is just rather than moving from, and everyone does it, we're all humans, this is what we do, we, react, we hear something and we react, but how do we just hold ourselves for a second before we react to something and the thing i found over my kind of career and think the places i've worked is that often when i react to something quickly is when i get the worst outcomes it's either i get i'm sitting on mount stupid i've seen something i've reacted i've said something i've done something it's never <laughs> at worst it does nothing and at, at best sorry at best it does nothing and at worst it makes everything 10 times worse so what I've discovered and what I try and do is just take a breath, just take a breath. And that's the kind of friction I try to add into my decision making. So if something makes me happy, deep breath. If something makes me sad, deep breath. If something makes me angry, deep breath. Just that deep breath, just that conscious breathing in. About a second and a half. But it just means you get that friction in your decision making to really understand what what's triggering you what's making you feel this way and then you can react in the appropriate way at least it gives you a second a little bit of friction in decision making to make that right 
right judgment or at least to be, make a bit more of an informed judgment. So that's my waffle today, very much around friction and decision making. And I will just have a think about if, when you're, if you're listening to this, about how you can add a bit of friction into your decision making, just so you have a, feel a bit more in control of what's going on. And if there are situations in your work or in your life where things are happening quickly or things aren't working the way you want, how do you add a little bit of friction in decision making? And a final little anecdote just to kind of um, finish off. Um, so I, as I've mentioned before, I do historical European martial arts, big fan of sort of, you know, having that hobby that keeps your body, your body sort of active. And, uh, there was a, a very, um, uh, senior coach who was talking and he said that some days, um, you'll feel you've had a bad day at work or you've had a bad day. And the last thing you want to do is drive somewhere, kit up and have someone try and hit you with a sword. So that's fair enough. Everyone goes through those days. But don't if you've had a bad day, don't then punish yourself for having a bad day by then not doing the hobby that you really love. So <laughs> don't make a bad day even worse. And if your bad day, if you're not if you don't come to a class, you don't go to do an exercise class, instead you're just going to sit on the sofa, eat crisps, watch TV, that's just going to keep you in that state. So even if you don't come to class, even if you don't go and do your HEMA thing, go and do something which just moves you. Otherwise, you're just going to stay in that bad day for a lot longer. And I thought that was so wise, that kind of, <laughs> you've all had those days, haven't we? Whatever your hobby is, where you've had a bad day, you feel tired, you're like, oh, I've got to go and do Zumba, or I've got to go and do yoga, and that's the last thing I want to do. But actually, you always know that if you do it, you're going to feel much better in the end. So it's just that, how do you add that friction, that decision-making of not going so that you do go and again that can be a breath it can just be that conscious thought where you just have that uh, second but it's adding that friction in that just that friction of decision making and we have that choice about going or not going so you sort of you know you try and make that decision a bit easier and the way i try and do it <laughs> is i just load all my kit in the car so all i have to do is just walk out as long as I've got the willpower to walk out the door and get in the car and drive, I know I'm going to be fine because everything else is there. I do all the prep beforehand. Everyone does it differently. But for me, it's that as long as I've got the willpower to get out <laughs> to finish work, get in the car and drive, then I've won. Because then once I'm there, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. It's just that willpower actually getting in the car. But if I had to load all my kit in and everything else, then, you know, it was it wouldn't happen on some days. So there's my waffle today. I hope you find that useful and interesting. So the takeaway really is, how do you add a bit of friction to your decision making? I hope you enjoyed that. As always, I look forward to hearing from you. Please drop me a message, um, the OD consultation. I think I've got a couple of slots left over autumn. So if you like one of those, please grab one. But otherwise, take care of yourself. And I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care. Bye.